Yeah, no kidding. Wish I could do that. I'm pretty good with a crayon, you know, but wow. Just a beautiful depiction of what this evening is all about. Welcome to Southfield. My name is Dennis, and Merry Christmas. So glad you came. Good to have you here. We've waited all year for this, right? An entire year. And now we get once again to celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So whether you're a Southfielder and you're here all the time, or this is your very first time, you came as, as a guest of a family member or a friend, we welcome you. And we, we're prayerful that this evening will um, take everything that's been happening in this past month and kind of settle it down and bring it to a place that your mind and heart can reflect on why we're here and what life is all about. That Jesus Christ truly is the reason, not only for this season, but he's the reason for our lives. I received an email this past week, and the person put in a line that I've been just kind of chewing on all week long. He wrote, I pray that Christ's presence breaks into your life in new and unexpected ways this Christmas. I pray that Christ's presence breaks into your life in new and unexpected ways this Christmas. I hope you find some unexpected tonight. I hope there will be some ways in which the Spirit of God will grab your heart and you'll realize that home can be found and known in Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Now, Father in heaven, we are grateful for the event of a couple thousand years ago when you sent your Son into this world born of a virgin in a setting that none of us would ever dream of having a child or placing our child. You did that, not because you didn't care about him, but because you loved us so much that you chose to send your son to live and die, to be the savior of the world. Tonight we come to celebrate that truth and that reality. Tonight, I pray that you would truly break into our Christmas in new and unexpected ways. Through the presence of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand? We're going to sing some Christmas songs. And, uh, you know, whether you have a beautiful choir voice or you sing like a frog, let's just go ahead and sing it out to Jesus.
Luke chapter 2, we read these words. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to G- in Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Please do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the, with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. When the angels had left them and had gone to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and that baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. Joseph went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. Luke 2, 1 and 5. Christmas Eve marks the end of the Advent season as we move from patient waiting to the fullness of joy. Throughout this season, we've waited symbolically with those in the biblical story who waited for the first coming of Christ. And we have learned lessons that God had for us there. We know that we are still waiting in alert anticipation for the second coming of our Lord in glory sometime in the future. And we watch for the third coming of Christ in the here and now, in the midst of our longings, our questions, and all that is still not yet right in the world. Like Mary, we are alert to the signs that it is time for new life to finally make its way into the world. The situation may be imperfect. We might not feel like we're just quite ready. There might be danger all around us. But when Jesus decides to come, it is the fullness of time. In the manger scene, life is stripped down to its barest essence. A woman has opened herself up completely to God. A man has chosen to stand with her 
against all odds, trusting God's strange and mysterious ways. And a baby has been born, bringing life and love, hope and healing to the world. No one in this scene really knows what it all means. All they know is that they have been faithful to God, they have been faithful to love, they have been faithful to each other, faithful to follow the journey that has brought them to this fullness in time. Tomorrow will have enough trouble of its own. Tonight, it is enough to just be here now, to be filled with wonderment, to treasure these things in our hearts, to ponder them with quiet joy, letting this light that is God illuminate everything all around us. There's a man who lived about 500 years ago. He had an incredible relationship with God. In church history, he's known as St. John of the Cross. And he wrote some beautiful words, very often in quite poetic form. There's a piece of work that he wrote that pertains to Christmas. I'd like you to just hear it and let it sink into your heart and your soul as you think about your own relationship with Jesus and your own role as the innkeeper of your own life. He wrote, If you want... The virgin will come walking down the road, pregnant with the holy. And she will say, I need shelter for the night. Please take me inside your heart. My time is close. Then under the roof of your soul, you will witness the sublime intimacy, the divine, the Christ taking birth forever. As she grasps for your hand, grasps for, your hand for help, for each of us is a midwife of God, each of us. Yes, there, under the dome of your being, does creation come into existence eternally through your womb, dear pilgrim, the sacred womb of your soul. And God grasps for your arm for help, for each of us is his beloved servant never far. If you want, the virgin will come walking down the street, pregnant with light. And singing. Let's sing together one of the beautiful, beautiful songs of Christmas, Silent Night. Oh, 
a seat. For me, it was living proof that God keeps his promises. I had waited a lifetime for the hope of the world to arrive. And just when it seemed that the prophecy would die along with me, I heard the cry of salvation coming from, from an obscure little town. The only thing more powerful than expectant hope is fulfilled hope. It gave me permission to die in peace, but more importantly, it gave people everywhere the possibility to live with peace. He was a constant reminder that God does not make mistakes. I didn't believe that at first. Everything started out so wrong. People told me I was a fool, blind to the truth, too trusting for my own good, but deep down in my soul, I knew something special was happening, something bigger than my fears, something better than my plans, someone greater than my doubts. He was a threat to my throne. My kingdom had been built by my own hands. And now there was a claim that a child had been born who would be known as the King of Kings? Not if I had anything to say about it. So I went after him. There was no way I would bend my knee to another. A child at that. If he wanted my throne, he would have to do what I did. He would have to take it. He served as the pathway to wisdom and knowledge. Some have called us wise men. Nothing could be farther from the truth. The king used us like puppets to carry out his devious plans. Yet in the midst of our blindness, God gave us a beacon of light, a heavenly compass that pointed us towards an incomparable gift containing the depths of God's riches. To think that we brought him gifts seems so laughable now. He was the gift to us. He was the reassurance that God could still use anyone. As an innkeeper, I had welcomed many weary travelers before, but none as tired as that young couple. With no room to offer, I was ready to send them on their way when I noticed the woman was close to giving birth. I offered them the only place I had, a manger. It seemed like such a trivial act at the time, but... I soon realized that I had played a part in something much bigger than myself. God had chosen me, too. He was the answer to every question I had ever asked. Why me? How could this happen, you know? What will people think? My journey began with confusion and, and fear, but slowly... With each passing day, I, I came to see the beauty and the blessing of God's presence as my son grew inside of me. It was a strange mixture of human limits and divine love, 
culminating in that one moment when I saw his face for the first time and I realized God was with us. It was the good news we never knew existed. Every day was the same day for us. When you guard sheep for a living, any distraction is welcome. But that night was more than we could have ever hoped for. The silence gave way to the sacred. The simple gave way to the supernatural. The bleeding of sheep gave way to the crying of a child. For a world in need of joy. For the earth in search of peace. It was such good news that we could not help but spread the word. The Savior had been born. You know, there's a line, I'm sure you've heard it, um, goes something like this. The lights are on, but nobody's home. I mean, if somebody said that about you and you thought it was funny or cute, you didn't get it. Because it was basically a way of saying, that chick, she's kind of not all there. Or that dude, man, he just doesn't understand. He's kind of dense. Lights are on, nobody's home. Christmas tends to reveal a bit of a different spiritual reality, a a twist on those words. You see, for a lot of people, they're home, but the lights aren't on. They're there, but the light hasn't been turned on yet. The light wanders the streets, crying out to come in, but they do not allow the light to come in. And so they find themselves at home. They're at home in their own souls, but they're wondering, they're wondering, why am I here? What's this life all about? They look at the the vastness of the sky, and they can't help but believe that there is something bigger than themselves, something bigger than their own existence. But but even as they look up and and they try to understand, they just don't get it. They're home but the lights aren't on. Maybe that's where you find yourself tonight. You find yourself in a place of saying, you know, I know I'm here. I know I exist. But my goodness, what in the world is this all about? Why in the world am I here? What is the purpose of my life? What's the meaning of our existence? And you see, what we need in life is someone else who will come alongside and point the way. Someone else who will say, yeah, you are home. And there is a light, and that light's name is Jesus. John chapter 1 tells a a different version of the Christmas story. It's not the Christmas story with Joseph and Mary and angels and shepherds and all that sort of stuff. Instead, it talks in cosmic terms. In the beginning was the Word, and that Word is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It goes on to say, all things were created by the Word, and without the Word, nothing was made that was made. It says, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light 
shone in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome the light. We've been playing on this theme tonight, if you haven't noticed it by now, a theme of light. Because that is what Christmas is all about. You have, a, you have a tree right now covered in lights and perhaps a porch covered in lights as well. And you just thought, well, that's what everybody else does, so I'll do it too. And so you grab some of those from Walmart or wherever you strung lights all over your house. And they look really beautiful. But those lights are there to tell a story. Those lights are there to tell the story of the coming of a Savior who's there to dispel the darkness in your life who's there to say there is a reason for hope, there is a reason for existence, there's a reason for you being here. Jesus came not to just give us a a beautiful holiday, something to celebrate. Jesus came quite literally to be a life changer, to be a light giver. I loved what they said in the video, the silence gave way to the sacred. Can you imagine being there that night as a shepherd? Time after time after time, you had spent the night in darkness, watching for a predator, wondering if the sheep were going to be attacked. And on that night, the sky was just ablaze with glory. Light shone all around. And is that same kind of light, that blasting light that Jesus brings to our lives so that we can have hope in the middle of our despair. I love this poem that we read earlier, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, you know, you read something like this, and it's, there are parts of it that are figurative, and they're beautiful, and you, know, you just kind of let it soak in at different levels. But, but here's the bottom line of everything. This Savior is wandering the streets. This light of the world is wandering the streets of life, calling out to people within their homes, the homes of their souls, and he's asking this question, Will you let the light come into the darkness of your life? Will you open your heart and let Christ in? There's an artist that I follow. I kind of follow her blog along the way. She does, she does great pictures that kind of depict different scriptural realities. And this one came up this week, and I really was taken by it. Each of us is an innkeeper. Every one of us is an innkeeper. That, that fellow in the video, kind of the, the shifty eyes looking out from the door, seeing, looking at, looking at Mary, looking at Joseph. Each one of us is an innkeeper. Each one of us has a door to our heart. And there's a Savior saying, will you open that door and let me in or not? You know, last year was our first year celebrating, well, first day, my goodness, first day in this building. And as you left, we, we gave you an ornament that, that played on the theme of being reclaimed. That there were so many things in this building and so many things in our lives that could have easily been thrown out to the trash. But God has a way of reclaiming and redeeming that which is broken. This year we're playing on a little bit different theme. As you leave, um, we're going to be giving you a, a key. It's pretty cool. It's a key with a ribbon on it and it's got a label And it says, let him in. And this is an ornament that we hope, much like, you know, many of you are still using that reclaimed ornament on on your tree. This might become part of your Christmas tradition as well. That whether it's the first time you pull out the ornaments at the beginning of Christmas, or maybe on Christmas Eve, especially if you have younger children, but really for all of us, you'll go to your front door, you'll take this key, and you'll put it on the door as a reminder that we have to let Jesus in. 
We have other traditions on Christmas. You know, for some of you, I don't want to get into a lot of detail because I don't want to spoil anything, but, but you put out cookies and milk because someone's coming, you know. And that, that's cool. That's fun. That's neat. And um, just want to be reminded that Jesus doesn't kind of fall in that same category. There is no part of the story that we find out the realities of Jesus that are kind of different from the way the other part ends that I'm not going to give away too much because there are little people in the room. So anyway, Jesus is very real. He's very real. He's the light of the world that's come to shine into the darkness of your life. And every one of us tonight is an innkeeper. Will you hand him the key to your life? Are you going to say, no thanks, you stay out there? Or are you going to let him in? The Bible tells us that Jesus is the light of the world. And in just a couple of moments, we're going to partake in something that churches do all over. It's a beautiful depiction of passing a light from one person to another. Uh, You have a candle on your chair that I hope you found before you sat down. But if you didn't, you may want to stand up right now. That's why you've been uncomfortable And there's a candle there on your chair, and we'll be taking a light and passing it from one person to the next, not only as a depiction of Christ who's come into the world to give light, but of the fact that he's also said, you are the light of the world. Now that you've come into a relationship with the light, you get the privilege of sharing it. And we're going to start with the light over here. And the only way the people over here are going to get the light is that we're all willing to share the light we've been given, just like we all need to be willing to share the light of Jesus that we've been given. So I never like to give away too much of the romance and beauty of this moment, but but just a simple instruction. Uh, You might want to look at your family and decide who should have candles and who shouldn't. If your husband's a pyro, take it away from him right now, okay? But anyway... uh, Once your candle is lit, hold yours straight and let the person who has an unlit candle come and take the light from you and it'll pass along. So would you pray with me? Father God in heaven, help us to come into this realization of this spiritual reality that every one of us is an innkeeper. We are home, but the light isn't necessarily there yet. Tonight, God, help us not just figuratively through a key in our hands, but help us literally through the ascent of our heart and mind to welcome Jesus in, to ask for forgiveness of our sin because Jesus has come to die to give us eternal life. Not because of the good things we do, but because of the goodness of Jesus, we can have a relationship with God. Today, give us the wisdom of an innkeeper who opens the door and lets you in. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The absence of light the loss of direction, no frame of reference, the presence of fear and uncertainty, void. And then, a light.
It starts as a flicker. It's not glaring for all to see. But it's a light nonetheless. Beautiful and mysterious. Helping us to see. Guiding us. Warming us. Comforting us. It is growing. It is shining brighter now. In one timeless moment, something of heaven is birthed through the tears of a teenage girl and the cry of a newborn baby king. All of heaven is perched at the edge of the sky, watching, waiting. God is sending the light of heaven into the dark of this world. To the young, to the old, to the weak, to the strong, to the lost, to the found. He is coming to us. He is walking with us. He is dying for us. He is living in us. Our unthinkable darkness is being shattered by unbearable light. And we gather to see, to view with fresh eyes again, the light that all the darkness in the world cannot ever extinguish. Jesus is the light of the world. Born 
you chose to share the light. I always love this view. This is a pretty view. I wish you could all come up one at a time and see this. This is what it would be like if everybody knew Christ. There would be no home in which we're home, but the lights are not on. Jesus has given us the privilege of knowing him as forgiver and leader. And then he asks us, will you now share that? Will you share me with other people? I pray that we will take on the beautiful statement that Jesus has said of us. You see, he said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. So let your light shine that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. May we move beyond the symbol of a candle, to the reality of showing that kind of light throughout our world all the time. So once again, we have this beautiful image, and I hate to ruin the beauty of the moment, but a little instruction might be helpful in order that you avoid blowing hot wax on the neck of the person in front of you. And then they will shriek, and the beauty will be over. So If you don't mind just taking your hand and cupping it like this and then gently blowing out your candle and hold it there for a moment so that the wax can solidify or you'll scream because it's landing on your leg. And what we're going to do in about the next 30 seconds is 
test our fire alarm to find out whether or not the smoke detector is working. It was okay in the first, but if you hear something shrieking, those are not angels coming to get you, okay, just so that you know. Well, I am so glad that you chose to join us tonight for this Christmas Eve and to begin uh, really this entire evening that you'll be celebrating with family or friends or, or whatever way you do. But as you do, just please be reminded that there is a light that wants to come into your home, and his name is Jesus. And that once you have that light, you don't just keep it in your house, but you share it with others. We've just concluded 25 days of sharing light with people. And I got to tell you, I am just so incredibly proud of the way our church has acted over this past month as we time after time have brought the light into the lives of other people. It's been absolutely beautiful, so much more beautiful than simply a candlelight service. Your light has shown in all of the towns of this region to bring glory to the Father who is in heaven. That gives us great reason to celebrate tonight. So we're just glad that you came. Why don't you go ahead and stand with us? And as you do, we'll pray and you'll be on your way tonight. Now, Father God in heaven, we are grateful again that your son Jesus came as a baby, unthinkable, came in such a a frail, vulnerable form in order to grow to be a man who would again express great vulnerability as he stretched out his arms on a piece of wood known as a cross and took on himself the sin of the world. Tonight, Lord, please do not let us be blind to the great light that is shining all around. Help us to see Jesus for who he really is and to let him into our hearts and our lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Take your candle with you. Some people hold on to it all year just as a reminder and make sure to get your key. So glad you're here tonight. We'll see you. And you Let your heart be
Yeah. 